Hey, this is Amy Acker, and you're listening to the Rated NA Podcast at nerdappropriate.com. Welcome to Rated NA, the podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. This is episode number 133, and as you heard in the beginning, we have uh, Amy Acker on for an interview today, uh, and we have a sponsor too, right, Ash? Yeah, today's podcast is actually brought to you by audible.com. Uh, you can get a free audiobook if you go to audibletrial.com slash Rated NA, and there's over 100,000 titles to choose from for all your devices, your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, your MP3 player, and uh, thank you, Audible, for all your support. And uh, how you guys been doing? Pretty good. Good. Man. good. I'm I'm getting in the Christmas spirit. I'm I'm finally there. Yeah. It, it took finally, a while. It this finally year. cooled down in Central Florida. It's actually it did. And when I say cool, yeah. I mean cool for Central Florida. It's like you know sixty, fifty five, something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, but I mean it was as of last week. You know, I mean as anybody that listened to the Veronica Belmont one knows, it was like ninety. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy hot. Yeah, actually, I had had the windows open at work today, and it was really nice. So That's nice. It was it was Did beautiful you put out outside. <laughs> no, it's funny. It's like though, a Disney film. Um, you broke out in song, and the birds came to the window. <laughs> Yes, it's exactly what it was like. And yeah, Amy right, Adams showed us. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do the rundown. <laughs> so today on the podcast, we're going to talk about what we've been up to, and then we're going to we'll have a interview with Amy Acker, where we're going to talk about pickling and other such things, and then we'll do a little bit of news, specifically the uh, VGX awards uh, transpired since we last met. So we can talk about that. And then Matt's going to talk about the punk singer. And then, of course, we'll have our NAFL update and whatever other tomfoolery we get into in the meantime. So, Matt, what's going on? Hey, um, man, stuff. Stuff's going on. Uh, we bought our Christmas tree, which was fun. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? Well, fine. It's uh, <sighs> This is going to sound like super douchey and I'm just going to own up to that right now because it's okay. not like I'm like from New York or lived in New York a really long time or anything of that sort. But the short time that I was there, it's Christmas up there is very Christmassy. I don't know how else to put it. It's like it's super holiday-ish when you're up there. Everything is just like the whole city kind of like transforms and then uh, like for a month leading up to Christmas – there's like Christmas tree vendors and wreath vendors like all over the place, not just not just in certain spots, but like in front of all the grocery stores and just kind of like near the park. And they're, they're just everywhere. So you're kind of always passing that stuff and you feel like in the mood, in Christmas mood. And, you know, you buy a tree and it's like a big ordeal. And like here I was like, I went to the Home Depot. <laughs> it just felt like the exact opposite. I was like, let me go to the Christmas place or let me go to the, you know, tool place and buy a tree and take yeah. it home i guess and it was it's fine now it's like set up and everything's you know we're gonna put lights on it tonight and i had like a whole ordeal where we tried to use the uh if anybody saw the pictures last year if you guys remember my tree was like pathetically small last year it was like two, <laughs> two feet tall it was a really tiny like charlie brown christmas tree and um and we had this little tiny tree stand and i was like oh it's i pictured it bigger in my head and i'm like it'll be fine it'll hold this seven foot tree we just bought and like <laughs> came home and it 
did not hold the seven foot tree. I, I, <laughs> I like jammed the tree into it to make it work. And then I, I was like, okay, this is clearly not working. I need to go get a stand. And uh, so I went to go get a, a different stand and Melissa stayed home. And apparently the tree fell over onto the dog while, while oh, I was gone. No. But our dog's so stupid. She just sat there and like Melissa lifted the tree off and she was just like looking at her like, what? I could have lived in the tree if I had to. I actually have been playing some games. I, I, I went into my Steam uh, backlog and realized that I'm sitting on Bioshock 1 and 2. So I fired up Bioshock and played a couple hours of that. And it's pretty good. I sent you guys a jokey text like, hey, I know I'm about 10 years late on this hype, but yeah. Bioshock's really good. It, it is a good game. It is. It is. Going through your uh, Steam pile. Going through the Steam pile. <laughs> picking through it, if you will. Picking through my Steam pile. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, get my hands in there, figuring out what's good and bad. Um, but yeah, so it's been been a pretty pretty eventful week. How about you, Ash? Oh wow! So I guess the the most eventful thing was getting Battlefield Four to work. <laughs> so they've been having some problems. Um, I, I think most people have probably heard about it by now. But um, there was a lot of problems with the servers and uh, single player games getting deleted and dropping out of you know the game in multiplayer. Uh, probably the worst thing that was happening was um, you couldn't actually connect using. You couldn't connect online using the menus in game. So you'd select a server and what? click join and literally just nothing would happen. It wouldn't say server full, it wouldn't say anything. You just click the button over and over again and there'd be nothing happening. It was almost comical. So like there's no indication that anything was broken. It wouldn't take you anywhere. It just like you'd click the button and like it was as if the button just didn't work. And um and so I went three or four days without playing at all and finally I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna see if there's any sort of hot fix for this or anything I can do. And it turns out if you go if you go to battle log and you log into your character through battle log, you can see all the servers that are currently online. And with the Xbox One, you can actually join the games through battle log and it'll pull you into the game while you're so, on your Xbox wait, One. Wait, what is battle log? Is that a separate app? Like from it, it's it's your online account for your battlefield, so you can look at your guns and look at all your unlocks and look but is at that strategies. An app or is that like uh, within the game, the UI of it's, the game? It's just a website. Oh, it's a website. So you'd have to do it uh, via the web. So if you it, like, are you talking about using the web browser like on your Xbox, or can you just do this like from your computer? It, I was doing it from my laptop. Yeah. So you, you would you would be able to actually log into multiplayer through um, through the web. Wow. So, I saw you playing yeah. last night. I figured that's what yeah. you were doing. Yeah. So we were able to get on. Um, I played with uh, Micah and Derek and it was kind of funny because Micah was playing a medic and Derek was flying helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Which is what they do in real life for our listeners. Um, but yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, Battlefield is still Battlefield um, with friends. It's an absolute blast. It, it's kind of a shame that it's getting so it's really getting shit on pretty badly now because of, you know, the connection issues. Mm-hmm. But um, once you're in, it's so much fun. And the destruction's unbelievable. I mean, watching skyscrapers go down and having buildings fall on you and stuff is just unbelievable. So that new Frostbite 3 is just so gorgeous. I can't wait to see what people do with it. Nice. Um, other than that, TV stuff, I watched um, the S.H.I.E.L.D. midseason finale, the episode The Bridge with uh, J. August Richards back is the character mike and he has superpowers so that's kind of cool to watch and we actually talk about that a little bit with amy acker in a few minutes yeah. uh so she of course is a fan of shield as well cool so, yeah so scott that yes. leaves you 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 had a big weekend we oh, ate man. all your food thank you 
yeah, I was away from uh, from from a lot of the nerdy stuff because I had my actual commencement this week. A, so yeah, you had a real nerdy thing going on. Yeah, I I officially graduated from from graduate school. I finished my doctorate, so that's really uh, yeah, it's awesome. I feel so relieved, and I'm really happy about that. And we uh, we had a little party, and and thanks to uh, thanks to my wife and Matt and his wife uh, made that really awesome and. We all just hung out and had a good time, ate some food. It was really great. Yeah, um, it was fun. We drank we drank Vesper cocktails, and uh, yeah, and we watched uh, we watched the Bond movie with Vesper in it. Oh yeah, yeah. and we watched Bond movies, watched Casino Royale, and that was kind of like the <laughs> made a little swanky kind of thing going on. That was cool. Um, uh, other than that, I've been playing. I got an iPad Mini, and I've been playing Kingdom Rush, which yes, uh, you have because Matt got me addicted to it because he talked about it. Uh, many podcasts ago. Um, so now I get to play all these iPad games. I had an iPhone, but I never had an iPad. So if any of our listeners out there have recommendations for what I should do with an iPad that you can't do on an iPhone, let me know and I'll check I, it out. I'm happy you got the mini too, because I really, with my Nexus, I feel like that seven or eight inch tablet is like a really great form like it's, it's a really a great size. nice size it's yeah like, i feel like i'm just kind of holding a book it's, it's yeah. about the same size as my kindle keyboard yeah i mean you won't read with it quite like that because it gets really heavy f- just holding it over yeah. a, a long period of time but but like playing games and like in like you know reading kind of while you're on the couch and stuff like it, it's a it's a good form i like yeah it. and i want to um like i can get back into like motion comics and stuff like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm stoked i'm really excited about that's that that's cool and uh, other Very than that, cool. I've just been playing uh, Assassin's Creed 4, which, you know, I decided I liked. And I think my gripes are mostly with with whatever's going on with the narrative and the meta narrative and stuff like that. And right. I actually enjoy it. And I've been using that app, which is super cool. You know, I talked about it last week. When you can't, when you can't play the game, you can grind away at the uh, fleet activities and just make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that when you go back into the game, you're, like, ready to go, which is super cool. So um, it's been a pretty crazy week, but... Uh, looking forward to getting back into gaming and catching up on my TV stuff and uh, maybe play some Battlefield 4 with Ash. Hell yeah. And you'll like this since you like, um, you, you'll have a new iPad now, but there's an iPad app called Commander specifically for Battlefield 4 and you can log in and play as the Commander. I am and, super um, excited about that. And when you, yeah, have you seen what that is? You can call in missile strikes and drop, um, drop all sorts of packages. Well, I heard about it. I mean, did you ever use... Did you ever use the commander mode in Battlefield 2 on the PC when you got to be the commander? No, I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, I'm sure it's very similar to this. Like, you were able to position, like, tell squads where to go. You could, yeah, like, deploy you could UAVs well. and drop, like, uh, artillery and uh, supplies and stuff like that. So if it's anything like that, I'm super stoked. Yeah, no, I think it is. It's been getting a lot of positive buzz, and you can actually get experience points and all sorts of stuff by being the commander. But I haven't wanted to up- update my uh, iPad yet, so I've been <laughs> holding holding back. I'll be your commander. Nice. Uh, all right. Well, you know what else is super cool, guys? What's that? Our interview with Amy Acker. Yeah! Let's do it. So we're here with Amy Acker, who's back for round two. Um, last time I joked around that I couldn't believe she actually agreed to come on the show. And she agreed to come on a second time, which is, <laughs> which is amazing. So thank you so much for coming back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, 
had a, a really busy and, and fun year. And I guess I'll, I'll open up by saying I actually ran into you very briefly at Comic-Con uh, this year, which is the first time I met you. Um, yeah, and I, I, have, I have to kind of apologize because it was Sunday and I was like it, it completely exhausted in zombie <laughs> mode. And um, I, I was in the lobby of the hotel and I saw you checking out of the hotel and like scrambled up to you like a maniac. <laughs> Not at all. I think we were all in the same boat. Everyone was tired. Sunday at Comic-Con is an interesting day because um, usually exhaustion set in by that point. And I probably looked like a crazed, like a crazed maniac by that point because I had been going for so many days straight. No. I didn't. <laughs> no more crazy than I look. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's your Comic Con this year. You guys had a, a presence there for a person of interest, and and did you have a good show? How many days were you actually in town for Comic Con for? Do you remember? I got there Friday because um, we did a little husbands panel on Friday night um, awesome. with Jane and and Brad, which was fun. Um, and then we did POI stuff all day Saturday. So it was I actually good. had a chance to um, interview Jane and Brad at Comic-Con this year. Oh, cool. And I was so – that was one I was so nervous for. I was nervous <laughs> for yours last year because I'm a huge fan of yours. But then Jane is like a super genius and I oh, lo- yeah. love everything she's done. So <laughs> her, I was like, I'm just really going to fuck this up. <laughs> no. And and probably the nicest person in the world. So <laughs> that helps too. Very well. So um, – so, uh, how last time you were on the, one of the last things you said, we asked you about your nerdy hobbies and passions. Um, and you mentioned that you were about to start taking a pickling class. (laughs) We've been really curious how that went. If you did in fact create pickles, we've made some pickles. We actually, my, um, my daughter and I, we, we are obsessed with just, I don't know. Have you ever been to any of the mama fuku restaurants in New York? No, I haven't. Oh, they're so delicious. But there's a Mama Fuku cookbook and he has just a recipe for quick five minute pickles. And nice. so we, we pretty much make those every morning for oh. school lunch. <laughs> that is so cool. So how do you um, this is just totally gonna derail the podcast, but I'm curious, how do you make a five minute pickle? Oh, it's so easy. You just put you cut up your cucumber really thin and then you put like a tablespoon of sugar and a teaspoon of kosher salt. And you let it sit for five minutes, and then you rinse it off and dry them. And nice. they're so yummy. Nice. <laughs> Man. Well, people will learn things from this podcast. <laughs> I, I won't derail the podcast further, but Momofuku, New York, is, is an amazing place. Yes. <laughs> their, cookies, their cookies are oh, unbelievable. The crack pie. Have you oh. ever had that? <laughs> what's what's in crack pie i'm curious <laughs> i i think the name speaks for itself <laughs> they have that, that what's the other the garbage can right is the other one? Oh yeah oh, so good that one's good too <laughs> oh, oh no compost compost oh compost that's it yeah yeah, yeah that one's really good <laughs> this is making me hungry because i haven't eaten since lunch so um so let's let's get down to business uh first of all i finally got to see much ado about nothing because last time you're on it hadn't been released yet um and so i watched it um i absolutely loved it and obviously you probably knew i was gonna love it but um i I do have some questions i i I was absolutely floored because last time you're on i know you mentioned that it filmed in 12 days um which was uh, i couldn't actually believe that once i saw it because it i don't think the trailers the trailers were great but they didn't necessarily do it justice for how it was going to look visually it looked 
absolutely stunning. So my question is, how the hell did you guys do that? In tw- I know I asked that last time, but I, did, I don't get how you did it in 12 days, how that was possible. Well, we didn't have much to do with making it look pretty, but um, they that was all Joss and Jay, the, um, the DP. And the fact that Kai built that amazing house, I, I probably said before, but I think you could have just filmed the house. It's so amazing. And that would have been its own movie right there. So, um, actually, I actually have, yeah, we, notes that I have in my notes, House Envy. <laughs> yes. Because yes. I said the same thing as I was watching and I could not believe how gorgeous that house was. It was. It was and it's even prettier in color. They, she's... I mean, the outside is almost red, and it, it's just all these really amazing colors together. It's cool. That is very cool. So I think she she brought over the floors from. She had a friend who lived in France and found like an old barn or something or a ship, and oh. they sent all the floorboards over. That's <laughs> crazy. That's, it, is, it is crazy. So um, <clears throat> the film's been getting um, obviously over the course of the year entirely positive buzz um were you surprised that so many people ended up really loving this you know this old shakespearean tale kind of brought to life i mean were you were you actually surprised at the response i think more surprised that people got to see it in the first place i mean when we made it we just had no idea that it would ever make it outside of joss's house you know we didn't know what what was going to happen with it so the fact that it got into theaters and and had people who liked it. And and I think the most exciting part has been that so many teachers have come. And when we were doing the kind of tour with all the um, different festivals, just Mm -hmm. meeting the people who thought they would hate Shakespeare and ended up really liking this movie and hopefully turning that around for them. Yeah. Yeah. My my day job, I I teach, I teach history. So I'm, I'm at a high school every single day and the teachers that I work with, I I eat lunch with a bunch of English teachers every day and they've, they've all actually seen the film and they're planning on, you know, using it. So it is kind of neat that you're, you know, you are impacting (laughs) <laughs> America's youth in some way, you know, that is, I think that's kind of cool. So it is. I think that's what Alexis and I were most excited about. Like one day we were like, our kids may actually watch this in high school. No, <laughs> this, it probably will. It is going to be, I honestly tell you, it's going to be the definitive version that's shown in, in school because it is so, it's so relatable for young people, you know, cause it, it's just such a, a timeless tale of like, you know, love, revenge and all those things that high schoolers are going through every single day. So seeing yeah. it, it makes them relate to the words of Shakespeare, I think, in a, in a really um, – in, in a genuine way, you know. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That's fine. So um, let's let's shift gears because I know we're a little bit pressed for time and talk about a uh, person of interest a little bit. Um, yeah. Aren't you in the – are you in the middle of shooting right now? Is that – you're kind of on a little bit of a break or – We are. We're um, – Yeah. I'm not in every episode, so I have a little break right now, but okay. um, we'll all go back after after the Christmas holiday. Excellent. So they brought you on uh, season three as a season regular. Um, were you surprised that they did that? Were you kind of expecting it? W- what did you think? I, I really had to. I mean, I was excited just at the end of last year that I wasn't dead. So <laughs> <laughs> it was um, it was. 
I, I didn't really know what to expect. When I had first gotten the offer to play the part, they had said it would be, you know, five or six episodes last year. Um, but there was never any talk of anything beyond that. So it was surprising and exciting. That is very cool. Um, now, Root is obviously... I don't. I don't like to consider her an evil character, but she's definitely <laughs> a, a morally gray character. Um, yeah. <laughs> now there is actually a site uh, online that has counted the number of people that you've killed. Have you seen that? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I think that I have the lowest number. Do you really? Maybe. I maybe mean, reading... about like Shaw and Reese, they're like killing people all the time. That's true. But, I'm. I just kind of torture and poison people mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any idea what your kill count currently is? Because I have the answer here. Oh, geez. Let's see. Killing, actually killing one, two. <laughs> I mean, I can think of two people that I've actually shot dead or killed, not necessarily isn't. shot, but I must have more. Well, this, this, this site says 26 people. Is that in, incorrect information? No. How could that be right? Well, there's, okay. So here's, here's, <laughs> uh, you poisoned someone. Let's see. Um, you shot someone. No. The girl I poisoned, I said she's going to be fine in a few months. Oh, she's going to be fine in a few months. Okay. Yeah. So, so these are, okay, these are all the people. That, yeah. These, she's not on the kill list. These are just people that you, I think, have hurt and or maimed. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I thought you were saying actually. I didn't know. Yeah. That I thought it was right. a fatality list, but it's it's more <laughs> of a, a, a people that Root has hurt in some way list, apparently. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. then there's probably a lot. <laughs> do you, do you um, and I know we talked about this last time you were on, but um, you seem to be playing these characters lately that are not necessarily bad, but like I said, morally gray. And why do you think mm-hmm. that that's happened to you over the years? Oh, geez. That, that sounds like a psychiatrist kind of question. <laughs> no, no, I, get, I get shrinky on occasion. On <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I love playing those parts. I I mean, I I guess you know, people always when they look at me don't suspect I would be the bad person. So, I think it's fun for that to happen. Um but I don't, for me, it's great. I I think those I mean, the character that I'm playing now, Root, is so fun and um I just I love that you never know where she's going to go and and it's nice. I mean, she even though she's, I guess, morally ambiguous, as you would say, but but she has a definite through line of that she really is just doing whatever she has to do to protect the machine. So in in her mind, and I guess in my mind, everything seems justified. Yeah, I mean, they, they always say that every every great villain thinks they're the hero. So, you know, in, yeah. in her mind, she probably thinks she's doing a lot of, of wonderful things. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think she definitely feels like... Uh, Awesome, awesome. Well, the the season seems to be shaping up pretty well, so we can't wait to see what's coming next. Oh, yeah, there's some really, I mean, the last three were crazy already, but then you would think they would slow down after that, and it ends up getting even crazier, so it's fun. So I was uh, lurking on your IMDb page uh, before we started, and there is a film on there. It looks like it's going to be released sometime next year. Uh, and it is uh, also on the subject of killing. It's called Let's Kill Wolf's <laughs> Wife. Um, are you allowed to talk about that at all yet? 
Yeah. Um, cool. So what is this about? Because I haven't heard much yet. And so you can, you can inform us and we can learn stuff. I feel like I might have even mentioned this the last time we were talking. Um, but a bunch of our friends, our really good friends, Patrick Wilson and his wife, Dagmar Dimenchik, and then her sister is Marika Dimenchik, and her husband is Scott Foley, and we're all really good friends, and Scott wrote this movie, and my husband and Patrick are producing partners, so we made a very incestuous movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw that your husband. Wives and husbands. Uh, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of inspired by much ado, you know, just the idea that you should just go make something. And so we, same thing, shot it in 12 days and Scott managed to write and direct and star in it. Um, it's fun. It's just, you know, a little fun movie that it's, um, very dark, (laughs) but but really fun. Do you play Ward's wife? I don't. You don't? I'm actually. I'm actually nice in this. Oh, you're nice. (laughs) Luckily, the people who really know me don't cast me as the. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not so nice. I mean, we all. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I. (laughs) Maybe I'm not nice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure anyone's nice in this movie. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Basic premise of it, and why does Ward's wife uh, warrant killing? Is that a spoiler? Can I? I think it's yeah. I mean, I don't know how much spoiler. The the title kind of gives away what's going to happen, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of that story of like a really great group of friends, and one of them marries uh, someone who they all hate, and so <laughs> that <only> goes <laughs> from there. <laughs> Has that actually happened to you in real life at some point? Without not feeling to, not like this? me. But one of one of our good friends married um, this person that we just can't stand, and it's we we never <laughs> never wanted to get together and actually murder this person, but it's definitely a theme I think everyone's going to be able to uh, to. Yeah, I hope I think this is just taking it to the extreme level here. <laughs> so, do you guys have any idea of um, release dates for this? Or are you just kind of waiting to see what happens with it still? I, they, Except, they were just kind of getting it together right now. They're working on, you know, all the edit, all the post stuff, and I think they're hoping to submit it to some festivals or something. But I am, I'm not sure the the whole plan. Oh, cool. Well, that's the, still exciting. The boys are the boys are in charge of that part. <laughs> you get to work on stuff like that with friends. I mean, that must have been kind of really exciting to work with your husband and work with all your close yeah. friends on a project. So no, that was it. Was awesome. I mean, that was kind of it's just one of those things like you're we always talk about we should just make something ourselves we know people who are talented my brother-in-law ended up being the dp on it oh that's so cool so it was it's really everyone yeah so matt in the chat right now with us is my brother-in-law oh, <laughs> and he true. also does our he also does our website so we are also a family affair. <laughs> oh, good, good. So we're going to do some lightning round questions because um, we are, again, a little bit pressed for time this time. So the first question is, have you gotten a chance to see uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. yet? Yes, I've it, seen a few of them. Did you see uh, Jay, but, uh, Jay August Richards on the uh, last night's episode, I think it was? Last night? No, I haven't. I've got it recorded. I'm he very so excited. Good. Is he awesome? Yeah, he was really be- good. It was <laughs> good to see him you know, back to kicking ass on, on the good guy's side. So great oh, episode. He was, um, he was so good in the 
first one. He was. He was. It was good, it was good to see him. We still, have, we still have to get you on that show. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'd love to. <laughs> um, the next lightning round question is, who would win in a fight, Illyria or Root? Mm. That's <laughs> like, such different. That's a way different fighting. It's a sil- silly co- uh, comic book <laughs> question. Oh, gee. I mean, does Root have the help of the machine or is it just like so, obviously yeah. physical power? We're just going, obviously, Illyria is going to win. But I don't know. I wonder how Illyria even deals with technology. Probably Maybe she can freeze it. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> that, that's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to have, you know, multiple rounds. So I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say it's raw for now. And, okay. And next time okay. you come on, you can we can okay. revisit we'll see this question. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other lightning round question is, what is your favorite gross snack? Gross snack? Gross snack. I mean, has like a gross. Does snack. it have to be? Is it considered gross if I love it though? Or you may think that's, it's gross. Oh, yeah, that's, true. <laughs> that's a really that's a really good way of looking at. I mean, it. I really <laughs> love spicy pickled potato chips. All those are so good. Have you ever had um Zaps? You ever had Zaps chips before? Oh, those are delicious. Are I mean, good. I could live on any kind. If I was thinking the other day they should just make like potato chips in a flavor that you could have a whole meal. Oh my gosh. Like I'd a be right steak there. You. Potato. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so good. There's all sorts of like Lay's has all sorts of really gross ones now like um garlic bread. Oh, really? Yeah, they have garlic bread. What um sriracha? <laughs> oh, that, that sounds delicious. Yeah, so these, these you know, they are delicious, but they're kind of gross delicious. You see what I'm getting at? Like you, you feel yeah. guilty as you're eating it. So, yeah. But I'm the same way. I'm a, a total, I'm a salt fiend. I love chips. I could eat chips all day. <laughs> Me too. This is, this is what you signed up for with interviews <laughs> with us. You're like, man, I'm talking about chips. What's going on? <laughs> I can talk about chips all day. All right. Um, okay. So the next lightning round question is, what is the last film you saw in the theater more than once? Mm. Oh, gee. I don't know. It's a hard one because it took me a while. When I, when I was putting it on the list, uh, I, I was thinking. Mine was actually Pacific Rim because I saw it for oh, the really? first time. Yeah, I saw it for the first time on vacation in a really small theater. And I kept thinking to myself, I need to see this someplace bigger. So then when I got back from vacation, I saw it in a, in a proper theater. Oh, one of our friends is in that. Who's good? Max Martini. Which one was Max? Was Max the... Was that Pacific? Yeah, that was what he was in. Okay. (laughs) He's like, he has an Australian accent in it, but he's not Australian. Oh, is he the uh, the father of um, one of the... He's one of the pilots, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. The guy with the bulldog, right? I think... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, he was yeah. great at that. <laughs> you watched it twice. Um. I did. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he was. He was. Yeah. 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 Confirmed. Oh, good. <laughs> so we'll yeah. let you think about that one, too, the, the theater question. Okay. That is hard. Oh, I'm Not failing this. I, do I get graded on this? Time? No, you don't. You don't okay. get graded. Uh, this is past yeah, I'm actually trying to think of the last movie I saw in the theater, period. Oh, really? I actually yes. think, as weird as it is, I think it was The Avengers that I saw last, twice. Twice in the theater? Oh, yeah. Cool. Avengers. That's a good one. It was a good one. Because I think I saw it on my <laughs> own, and then I took Melissa to at some point. 
Yeah, my actually, I know mine was probably much ado. I thought about fifteen times. <laughs> <laughs> you saw, you're like, look, I'm awesome in this. I'm going to go fifteen times. No. <laughs> <laughs> I went with my mom. <laughs> no, that's pretty exciting. That's really cool. Well, do you have any other uh, like secret projects in the works right now? Anything going on? No. Just person of interest and person of interest is the main thing right now. So, you know, there's some other things that I'm sort of been talking to people about, but everyone's trying to get money. So hopefully that'll happen. Oh, and then I just did some ADR today for that little short film that Fran and I did of Settlers of Catan, which looks like it might be pretty funny. Wait, wait, wait. So tell us, tell us about that because we are <laughs> big nerds. And I think, Matt, you've played Settlers and stuff a bunch of times, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I have played it. I don't know about a bunch of times, but I've played it. <laughs> like, so, I'm not a nerd. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm a total nerd. I just, I don't know if, I haven't played it a bunch of times, but I've played it. Okay. I've, I haven't, I've never played Settlers. I just hear it's phenomenal. So what is this short film about with Fran? It's about um, a couple who starts playing the game and it gets a little heated and out of control. So it's, it's funny. I mean, anything with Fran is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good to see um, you guys together again and much ado and he was phenomenal in that oh he's so good and he he's got great. he got like ripped for that role too like he, he like really? yeah he was he was like in like really good there was a scene where he was in the pool I'm like holy cow oh. no that is what fran looks like all the time oh looks, i don't that weird yeah <laughs> like, weird. totally like that and then he plays like the nerdy guy but then he's not he's all got more muscles than you know what to like than the leading man who's beating everyone up <laughs> oh, yeah, i was just surprised so <laughs> so let's talk more about fran's chest <laughs> <laughs> are you doing a lot of are you doing a lot of traveling right now for for person of interest are you shooting it shoots in new york doesn't it yeah we i'm going back and forth between la and new york so wow. a lot but it's good yeah it's yeah. nice to have both to to be able to warm thaw out a little bit <laughs> and then get like winter and then go back to not having to deal with winter <laughs> exactly yeah Awesome. Well, our time with you is almost up. Um, thank you again so much for coming on. And, you know, obviously the door is always open. Maybe we can make this a, a yearly ritual. As we... <laughs> nice. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, I'll, any... I'll try to have better answers to your question. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like... We talked about Zaps chips, which is like Zaps voodoo chips by far my favorite thing ever oh. created. Yeah, they're delicious. And I my yeah. questions were like utterly ridiculous this time. So why why not? I mean, <laughs> you got to Do you if you like the zaps? So you got to go. I don't know if that you may have to go online, but they have these. There's these McClure's spicy pickled potato chips. McClure's. I'm just telling McClure's. you, they're even better. <laughs> Man, I'm literally gonna... googling this currently. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where can people find you uh, on the internet if they, people want to you know follow you on? Uh, on Instagram or whatever you have, where can people find you? Well, I, I guess Twitter is the best thing, though so I'm I trying to be better about it. But um, we've been doing some good live tweets for POI, and um, but yeah, I think I think I'm at just Amy Acker. It's yeah, very boring. <laughs> um, awesome. So yeah, awesome. That's good. 
Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And like I said, the, the door is always open and we will have you back on hopefully sooner than later. It sounds good. And I promise Thanks. not to ask All about right. <laughs> gross snacks again. <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe I'll have a new one. <laughs> a new gross snack, right? Yeah. Well, keep up the pickling and we're going to try your, your five-minute pickle recipe tomorrow. Good. I think you'll be happy. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you. was Amy Acker and it's always a huge pleasure in having her on this show and it's kind of shocking still to this day that she's come on twice <laughs> now and done a print interview with us so she is a huge huge um uh she's just awesome Love Can we consider her, her to be a regular on the podcast now I guess she's a regular at this point right <laughs> she's She's our yeah. Alec Baldwin, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. it's funny. The story that I told uh, while we were talking to her about running into her at, at Comic-Con, I, <laughs> it was honestly Sunday morning at like 7 in the morning, and I was going down from our hotel to get coffee, and I ran into her um, while she was packing up her car, <laughs> like what? checking out, and I totally – I ran out and just had like a geek out session. I was like, it's me. I'm <laughs> inappropriate. She's just like, oh. <laughs> hi <laughs> i was like way too excited but uh no she's a trooper and it was it was great to have her on and hopefully she comes back uh next year perhaps next december who knows she's busy it's become an annual event two years running yeah that, the whole the whole interview too i was sitting there like half biting my tongue to not just geek out about all the food in new york that she was talking about and chips we got into like a big conversation about chips that was amazing and, and i was like zaps chips zaps chips let's talk about zaps <laughs> it was great it was, a, yeah. it was a good one though so guys let's take a second and talk about our sponsor uh our sponsor this week is audible.com and for those of you that don't know who what audible does they uh are a delivery service for uh audiobooks on your phone or on your tablet or on your mp3 player um i have used the service to great success and I have a couple recommendations for you guys but uh, it's a pretty easy thing to do so all you have to do to support Audible and in turn support us is go to audibletrial.com slash rated NA and uh, you'll get a free audiobook just by going and signing up through that link so go to audibletrial.com slash rated NA and I can recommend uh, Lemony Snicket we used to drive around, Melissa and I used to drive around and listen to audiobooks because we used to drive quite a bit and uh, we, the first one we ever did was Lemony Snicket, and it's narrated by Tim Curry. The first one is wow, yeah, it's absolutely awesome. It's so much fun to listen to. Uh, my other, one of my other favorite ones was uh, Bossy Pants by uh, by uh, Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Oh and man, she, that's an awesome audiobook. She actually narrates it herself and does the whole thing, and and it's great, and it's on there too. So so definitely recommend it. But um, but yeah, it is an awesome service, guys. And I think it's yeah, it's good times. Check it out. Awesome. Audibletrial.com slash rated NA. Over 150,000 titles to choose from. That's, that's a incredible. It's a lot. That's a lot, of, that's a lot of stuff. Did we also mention that's a great way to support us, too? Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Oh, okay. Help us help just, you. I said, I said a good way to support Audible and in turn support us. Oh, okay. Just double checking that you said that. <laughs> well, stop spot checking me, Ash, and just deal with the fact that I said it. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I have a red pen in my hand 90% of my life. News. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some news because there's some big stuff that just came out of the VGXs. And on, even though the VGXs at this point are kind of old news um, and the fervor over the VGXs is, is definitely old news, uh, there, there are some incredible things or there were some incredible things that were announced at the VGXs that we haven't really had an opportunity to talk about. So, so uh, what, talk about what, <laughs> let's talk about them. Um, the first I want to talk about is Broken Age. Did you guys see Broken Age at all? No, we didn't get to see oh, that one. We got to we um we were doing something and we, we only were, got to watch uh, the trailers. Yeah, we were hanging out and then we went to turn it on and we missed it. Uh and we got to watch um we got to watch Joel make fun of Joel uh, McHale. Joel McHale make fun of um fitgametrailers.com hey, that was an awkward right that, that it whole... was super awkward but yeah. yeah so we missed we missed the broken age reveal and it wasn't in the trailers when we reviewed them all and watched them all okay so well it, it's from double fine it's an adventure game uh it's starring elijah wood uh as the voice of the main character in broken age and it's about a uh a kid that grows up i believe on a spaceship and his relationship with the ship that's kind of nurturing him and taking care of him but the oh, wow. ship is kind of like an overprotective mom from what I gathered, like it doesn't want him to to see adventure or anything like that. It's basically trying to shelter him too much. And it's about his, um, I guess, his his life of adventure or soon to be life of adventure. It looks awesome. It has a very a unique art style, kind of um, really kind of blocky and uh, cartoony, which looks beautiful. So putting all those Kickstarter billions to good use. Yeah. Is that the no, Kickstarter game, though? Yeah, that's Broken Age. It, Double it Fine's Broken Age was the Kickstarter okay. game. Okay. Yep. That was it. The Kickstarter that, was... that kickstarted all other video game kickstarters. Yeah. Like, yep. That's started that's the how they that's how they got Elijah Wood. <laughs> yeah, <guess> so. <laughs> that's where that money went. Um so the other the other two trailers I guess that were shown there that definitely got my attention were the RoboCop esque uh Titanfall commercials that aired yeah. uh, for the Ogre the Ogre and the Strider, which are two new mech classes that were revealed um at the VGXs. So no longer is there just gonna be one mech type. There's gonna be at least three at this point. I thought, fast there, was three, I thought there were three mech types when we played. I thought well, these were, were four and five. Well no they were just different kits of the same mech. Oh right, right, right. Yeah you're right. You're right. Like, one with like a grenade launcher and one with like a, a dead specs but now you're going to be able to spec literally different models, which is just going to blow my mind. So the first one was the ogre, which is kind of like the the heavy, the heavy tankish type one. Uh, showed it ripping other mechs apart, and I loved, I love the design of the ogre. I just thought it looked so neat. It looked like an old, uh, an old German tank or something, you know? Yeah, I, I, Scott brought up a really good question during during all of that, which is he was kind of asking if that was the tone of the game, that weird kind of, you know. Uh, the 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 kind of tone of the commercial that they made which had this kind of like oh we're this sci-fi thing that you know big what what would you compare it to scott you compared it to lost i think right and it's, the whole dharma well, uh, initiative oh yeah i don't know if i did but that's a good analogy too i was thinking about like i don't know like kind of like if maybe? you before you go on the terminator ride at universal studios you get the little cyberdyne systems yeah 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 uh, yeah mm-hmm. you know building the future one step at a time you know with which was really interesting because when we got to play the game, Ash, I don't, I, we didn't really get that perspective from it. It felt very, not that it was, but it felt very Battlefield-ish or something along yeah. those lines. Oh, yeah, and there wasn't, there didn't seem to be a lot of personality. And now I'm wondering if, there, that's what they're working on now is maybe fine tuning the the kind of, 
yeah, like the, the overarching tone of, tone of the game, yeah, mm-hmm. and the narrative, yeah. and and whether we're going to get this kind of like awesome faux company, you know, like I really liked it. I loved how the, the promotional material of it. I'm not coming up with obviously not coming up with good words for it right now, but I think I, I think from what I've read, the the overall vibe of like why the conflict is happening is it's a rebellion fighting against a giant like mega corporation, like off in some distant you know, or multiple planets out in the middle of nowhere. So I think it's definitely like an us versus them kind of yeah. vibe where you have these like, you know, scrappy rebels fighting against a, you know, big nefarious empire type situation. So awesome. it's cool. Um, other cool things, Telltale announced, of course, uh, two huge things. Uh, number one is, of course, the Game of Thrones game, which I guess they're going to be doing for, uh, I heard today, three or four years they're going to be doing Game of Thrones. It's going to be oh, episodic and, and very long. It's going to be a, an ongoing type of situation. A, with A game with of a, Game of Thrones game. <laughs> yeah, a, ne- a never-ending Game of Thrones adventure. Um, I, of course, I'm curious if it's going to happen, like, where in the Game of Thrones world or in the timeline, and, like... Does it go along with the Press book? Press A or? to pull your penis out. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right? Yeah, there's definitely you, are, you are not far off the mark. <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny because they did they went the, the really dark adult route with Walking Dead as well. Right. I mean, there's some really fucked up taboo things that happen sure, in, that, sure. in that game. Like kids get shot. And you yeah. don't see that very often in, in games, you know? So I'm wondering if they're just going to go all out and make like, a very adult NC-17 Game like, of Thrones Like, is there going to be gratuitous, like, sex in the Game of Thrones Telltale game? Is that your question? You know, to be honest, man, I would not be surprised. I mm. really wouldn't if there nothing, weren't Nothing looks better scenes. than blocky video game sex. <laughs> yeah, the, those are the unanswered questions. Like, is it going to be a point-and-click adventure? Is it going to have that cel-shaded look? You know, there's like... Yeah. That's... Yeah. Is it going to look like Sam and Max? You know, because that would look <laughs> awkward, too. You know, like... <laughs> I I, uh, I don't know what art style I'd like to see for for Game of Thrones because um yeah I mean I think they would have to go totally a unique route and kind of keep it away from looking like Wolf Among Us and isn't, and Walking Dead you know isn't it weird that I mean granted these are very good games which is why they're getting this pass but that generally like uh, uh, pre existing IP type games you know like movie tie ins and you know, TV show tie-ins and comic book tie-ins and stuff are generally terrible. And it's like, it's amazing that Telltale has kind of gotten like, people aren't weirded out by them doing a Game of Thrones. I think it's mostly excitement, right? So, and and it's because of what they did with Walking Dead and everything else, but it's just, it's really amazing to me that they've kind of got this carte blanche to do this thing that used to be considered kind of, that's what you did to make some extra money so that you could work on the title you really wanted to work on. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. No, it's true. I mean, they've managed, and it's funny they're doing it um, using a genre that was for a long time forbidden. You yeah. know, adventure games died out a long time ago, and then now you're using these licensed games in the adventure genre, and all they're selling like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Game of the year. It's like, well, how is this happening? Yes. It's like anything can win game of the year if like a a licensed adventure game wins game of the year. You know, that's kind so of fascinating. What, you bring that up because I think that there are. You know, gaming is kind of becoming, obviously, it's more mainstream now. You have different types of gamers with different gaming interests. And um, and it's not just, like, skill-based. It's, like, some people just want to play a game for narrative. And yeah. that's yeah. the itch that Telltale scratches, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think they, I mean, like I said, I think they make good games, too, which is, which is Absolutely. definitely part of it. But they, 
there's there's a tide turning. I think it's just it's just very weird to see them be able to pull off, like you said, licensed games and just no one even bats an eye at it. It's like, oh yeah, it's gonna be awesome, you know. What, so what's the second one that they're doing? Uh, it's Tales of Borderlands, which as a Borderlands fan, <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty excited about. It. I mean, most people love Borderlands just for the shooting, but I, I really did find the universe kind of cool and quirky enough to want to know more about it. You know, with the sirens and and vault hunters and this this whole like weird like semi comedic universe that they built. So, um, from what it looks like, you are not vault hunters in in the Borderlands universe, and you're just kind of like out looking for treasure as a, a regular you know person. From what the trailer looked I, like, I believe your exact words were "I'm in" when they said "I'm it. in." Yeah, no, I'm Scott in. and I were I'm like, in. "Ah," you're like, "I'm in." We were like, yeah. "Okay, oh, sold." You guys know how much I played that fucking game. I played so much Borderlands too. Like I, I love the universe, and for me, um, the one thing that I, I wanted was more story. Like I wanted to know more about, um, you know, Hyperion and the in the different gun corporations. And I don't know. I just think there's something neat and kind of Mad Max, you know, th- that dystopian, weird, uh, space punk kind of vibe it had going for it. So I, I, I appreciate it. I thought it was cool. Well, I think I mean Borderlands too. Um, added just as much improvement in the story area as it did sort of in the like gameplay area, you know, maybe even yeah. more so, I don't know, because there wasn't too much of a story to borderlands one, um, yeah. you know, excluding the DLC, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the narrative that, definitely wasn't the same as, as two had. And like yeah. when you have well, Anthony Birch doing that. Yeah. I mean, when you have these really rich worlds now, you can explore the worlds in different ways through, something like a point and click adventure where you don't have to have people running around and shooting things. You can like sort of peel back the curtain on other aspects of the universe, um, Mm -hmm. which I think is something they'll probably do for this and for the game of Thrones game as well. Cool. Um, Speaking of universes, uh, they had a big uh, destiny trailer with some new footage of uh, gameplay of destiny. And I think for, I was the most out of us three. I think I was the most excited for that one as well. Just because, I love co-op shooters, so I. I oh man, I'm I'm in for Destiny. Yeah, I'm, I'm still cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Well, it's like, a, well, go ahead. I was going to say it's pretty much for the reason that Ash said about Borderlands, where it's like I got burned out playing Borderlands, so you know Destiny for me is going to have to do something to make me not burned out on that style of game, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah but I mean, we talked about this a little when we watched this trailer, and it's that. You know, shooters shooters are shooters, yes, but shooters are not shooters at the same time. You know what I mean? Like each each one of these games comes out has its kind of own style, its own take on how a shooter plays. You've got the you know the the Halo style. You've got Call of Duty and kind of that Twitch you know shooting. You've got um, uh, Gears of War and, and all that. Like everything had its own feel. And if if Bungie can bring that kind of arcadey fun shooter style to a huge awesome in-depth world like i'm in i think this could be really cool i i, I don't know i'm down i'm ready yeah, i think it looks great and no, plus you're gonna be able to get your own spaceship your yeah. own spaceship man yeah. spaceships oh okay spaceships. well I, I didn't know about the spaceships i guess i guess i can get into that <laughs> i'm i mean i'm certainly gonna try it i'm not gonna ignore it completely i'm just yeah you know cautiously optimistic i got you i got you i mean if you're on the fence you just have to graduate again and then we'll buy you a copy <laughs> <laughs> okay well i think if i were to try to graduate again i would become divorced very quickly yes <laughs> so i will just save my save Solid my chance. coin 
Yeah. Yeah. So what about Thief? Come on. I I think it looks great. That's I your mean, jam, you know, dude. Stealth games. Uh, yeah. I thought like, it was a story trailer that they played at the VGXs, and um, it it kind of it it kind of got me hooked. I was like, all right, it looks it looks like fun. I can see myself flopping down and sneaking around. Yeah, I just love it, and it, it's definitely that. You know, like I said while we were watching, I was like, oh yeah, it's like a sit in the corner in the darkness for thirty minutes while you watch the one guy walk in its pattern like four times and figure out how you're gonna figure. Like, I just love that style. I love that game so. I loved the original. I'm excited. Like I was a little mad that I didn't play it at PAX, but then I kind of wasn't because I feel like I know what I'm getting and I'd rather just kind of get it fresh and play all the way through than play some weird 15-minute chunk that they've got laid out for you, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I hear that. Um, let's see. Oh, The Division showed off uh, uh, or Ubisoft showed off The Division Snowdrop engine, which in is classic uh, Ubisoft their Ubisoft fashion. Yeah, they're they're brand new. It was a really sterile kind of like you know, almost like it's almost looked like a tutorial for like for for the game, but um, sh- more or less they were showing off how this new engine operated, and it absolutely blew my mind. Just the weather effects and and how beautiful everything looked, and real time dynamic lighting and weather cycles, and just it just like floored about the future of games and what this engine could could bring. You know what I mean? Since, I, since this is still a new a new license and a new game, I can't imagine like three years down the road what this engine is going to be. I totally, to I totally agree. But I just have one thing to say: mm-hmm. just put a game out, Ubisoft. I don't care. Watchdog, the division is one of <laughs> yeah. them. Just get put something, something out. out that Stick I can a truth. Play. Come on! <laughs> I just want to do it. They all look yeah. so great. They put one of good. your games out. <laughs> I can't dance yeah. all day. <laughs> <laughs> no division looks great i don't it really does. know too much about it it's just a co-op shooter set in new york with some crazy well viral- the, the, I mean, the it looks like an mmo honestly yeah yeah the co-opiness of it looks a lot different than than some of the others as far as how your team plays and how the world's persisting around you and so I, i'm it looks awesome i don't know from the things i've seen i'm, I'm ready i'm ready to yeah. play it yeah uh and probably Everyone's been saying that this this game stole the show, and I kind of have to agree with it, mainly because the team is only four people. Yeah. Um, Hello Games is putting out a game called No Man's Sky, which is an MMO, uh, turns out, about space exploration uh, with dynamically created worlds. So worlds are being created and, and changing all the time, and you can land on different planets and explore um, all sorts of things on these planets, then fly off into space and have dog fights and fight against space creatures and things like that. Um, it looks to be, you know, of AAA quality, but it's it's four dudes that built this game. Um, it, it, I'm I was floored when I saw it. I honestly thought it was going to be like you know coming next from Epic Games and it's yeah. fucking Hello Games with four guys. So that's why I guess everyone's you know freaking out about this game because four people were able to pull this off. At the same time, though, man, pressure's on now. Good lord, get announced at an event, an event like that. You know, like here's our new title from four guys. Like that game's got to be good. It's yeah, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. So there was a there was an article. I think it was on Polygon that kind of brought up a conversation about this game and other games because this game, I guess, is procedurally generated. So, um, it's I I think in a way it kind of makes it roguelike in the way that FTL is roguelike, except. These like different worlds, I I think are being procedurally generated, which mm-hmm. is which is kind of weird, you know. Like I'm kind of I'm like a little on the fence about it because sometimes, um, like those kinds of games become a little samey because the engine 
you know, has its limits of what can right. be generated, you know? So yeah. um, for me, I guess the thing that I'm looking for when I check this game out is like how, you know, how robust is this engine and like how, um, you know, will I really feel like I'm exploring different places? Like it looks phenomenal. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested and I can't, I can't wait to see more from this game. Yeah. And like you said, four people, come on. Like yeah. that's impressive it's in crazy. itself. It's crazy. It's crazy. I guess it, what it really boils down to is will flying be fun <laughs> right? and will, you know, dog fighting and, and shooting things be fun. If that's fun, then exploration, in my opinion, is, is going to kind of come second. You know, like you have to actually the mechanic of the game has to be fun first and then everything else has to kind of fall in second. So let's talk about more scary robots and shift gears over to uh, Google buying Boston Dynamics, which. Uh, caused uh, ripples across the internet a few days ago and lots of lots of cries of oh no google's becoming skynet i must have seen 150 yeah. times yeah that's so, the go-to joke anytime google pulls anything off though yeah skynet so what so, do you guys think about this well boston dynamics for anybody who doesn't know or follow that that world because it is kind of its own thing you, you have almost definitely seen one of their robots um big dog the big, yeah. big dog big dog is this four-legged jointed robot that's built for the military right scott you could probably confirm the, or confirm <laughs> you can confirm this because you've worked on it right scott <laughs> 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 he was built for darpa wasn't he was that uh, what he was built for i can you I not can, can you not confirm nor confirm, deny scott, this? <laughs> confirm or deny i think i know that the the army has an interest in what the capabilities of big dog are and uh, I I may or may not have been a part of a project that that did some some related research to it. So it's a big dog. Can can men love big dog? Is the question. <laughs> That's the weird thing, man. They showed like the first time I ever saw big dog before I worked on the project that I'm working on now is is that video that everyone's seen where a guy walks over and he kicks the kicks big dog. Him. Poor big dog. Right? Yeah. See, and it kind of stumbles over, but at that same time, you can't help but having that emotional reaction to like. Um, you know, the robot stumbling around, it's like very anthropomorphic and almost as yeah. if it's like suffering a little bit as it's trying to regain its footing, you know which is yeah. a really weird thing, right? This is probably, yeah, seeing probably that guy this, kick it pissed me off. You're probably going <laughs> to find this super interesting because this is your field, but the thing that gets me about Big Dog that makes me feel empathy for it is that it, it kind of doesn't have a head, really, right? Yeah, if I'm yeah he's correctly. just like a big it's fat like four body. Legs yeah. with like a big fat body. And it makes me feel like when that kind of when you see that kind of stuff happen, it feels more helpless because you feel like it doesn't know it has no point of origin, I guess, is or point of orientation rather. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. It makes me feel sad. I'm like, oh, it's kicking the little blind robot dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Man. It brings up an interesting question because, like, you know, one potential application of this robot is that it could carry gear for soldiers. But yes. like, are you going to get to the point where you're like, oh man, we've really burdened like our robot with too much gear maybe we should take some of it back carry it ourselves you know what i mean like weird it. shit like that it's really yeah. strange they also have one of the other robots i've seen is they built this kind of half torso or half body it's just from your kind of pelvis down and two legs mm-hmm. and it's basically impossible to knock over they, they they ram things into it and it kind of stumbles and then finds its balance point and stuff and they're building all these crazy crazy robots it's kind of nuts yeah i've seen like they built the is that the man they had the yeah the man torso like walking over rubble and stuff yeah, and yeah, kind yeah. of like climbing around i wonder it's what Google's incredible. gonna do with it like what is the why do they want this that's the real question do they i own- think it has to do with just um you know future applications perhaps like uh, you know it's true because they are mainly just software they don't really do too much oh in terms of- you're kidding yourself so google x i don't know yeah i don't know so google has this division called google x and it's 
um, all of their kind of dark projects that that no one knows about until they become actual projects. So they they put the guy who runs it. Um, he has a special title, and it's called the uh, uh, Moonshotter. So he pretty much they basically just come up with these crazy ass ideas. And then they get funding to try to implement them in some way. And, and they basically don't get heard of until they think it's usable enough that they, they can show it to, you know, usually really small select press kind of thing. Um, and that's where the drive it's self-driving car came out of. That's where the internet in, you know, the desert came out of. I don't know if you guys did. I don't know if we talked about Project Loon, did we? I don't think we did. They're floating weather balloons out over pretty much the entire country that'll wire up the entire country with some kind of, or not country the world oh for like wi-fi right for wi-fi so like third world countries could have wi-fi essentially wow this is part of their wild. uh secret floating fortress as well their island fortress <laughs> well their secret floating fortress uh it might be google x related i have no idea they came out and said like whoa everybody needs to calm down this is just where we do like reveal parties and stuff for things like it, it just has all our stuff on it hey not, everybody just calm down we built a giant floating <laughs> fortress just so we can have parties so that's yeah, totally normal don't worry much. about it but uh but you know i mean things like the driving self-driving car um didn't get announced to the world till they already had something like a hundred thousand miles on it in california like these things are like super dark they basically mum is the word on what's going on with these projects before they put them out and i think boston dynamics fits into that realm of their kind of like we should be able to do anything you know uh vision of of what google is so google very much is an advertising company i mean point blank that's that's where they make their billions of dollars but they're also kind of always looking to do the next thing like Google glass came out of Google X, like all these weird projects come out of Google X and then kind of go from there. So I think mm. them being a software company is maybe 10 years ago. Yes. I think now we're starting to see them there. I mean, they own Motorola, so they're a hardware company. They bought Boston dynamics. They, they do a lot of stuff that I think is, is outside of the realm of search and ads. And I mean, that's still their bread and butter, but it's not their, only go-to thing i guess super fascinating it, it, interesting it is. yeah i don't know i mean i it it makes you wonder right it's i it's they're the kind of company that i, I feel like i just couldn't even guess i don't even know what they could do with boston dynamics kind of intelligence no. you know i don't know if they were buying specific projects or if they bought the team i mean i don't know if they bought the team for the projects or if they bought the company for the team i would imagine they bought them for the team it's usually what they do the article i read that was like slightly disconcerting was just saying that uh since boston dynamics is currently like tethered to a project for darpa then through purchasing them google was going to be required to finish the project for darpa so for at least a little bit of a little bit of time google's required to finish a military project for the united states government that's amazing so it's a little weird and and different but who knows you know yeah well, i mean i'm sure good. that that information flows one way and not two though i'm, I'm sure that's yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. be the army tapping into google's massive information network whenever i mean although they already do but not, <laughs> that's the nsa <laughs> so yeah Saddening, but I mean, there's so there's the there's the there's the pessimist point of view that you could say, oh my God, Google's going to have way too much power, way too much knowledge, way too much stuff, and they're going to try to you know they're going to become the big corporation that we all hate. And then there's the optimist point of view that says, holy crap, like what could they possibly be dreaming up with this kind of talent underneath them? You know, like mm-hmm. they could they could come up with something with basically unlimited funding, which is what they have, and. And two crazy owners who want to do the craziest things ever created, like 
this could be pretty amazing. Something really crazy could come out of this. So who knows? But we won't they, even know for like 10 years. Probably. They could yeah. build their own wow. city and populate it with the most brilliant minds in the world and then just have them conduct science experiments and live in this town. <laughs> and they could. Wow. And then they could hire like, uh, you know, they could hire like, like a form. Google like a, and Boston Dynamics put their name together as uh, uh, like GD maybe? like a Yeah, like Google, Google Dynamics. Yeah, Google Dynamics. I love how you guys are just describing the plot for Bioshock right now. <laughs> oh, it's, <laughs> it's Eureka, man. <laughs> oh, okay. Bioshock, dude. Wow, comedy <laughs> assassin. Nicely yeah, done. Let's <laughs> see who the pessimist is in this group. All right. <laughs> anyway. We should move what on. What are we talking about now? So this week, guys, I watched a documentary, and we're going to talk about it. All right. It was called The Punk Singer, um, and it followed the life of Kathleen Hanna, who is the lead singer for Bikini Kill, The Julie Ruin, and La Tigre, um, which were all pretty influential bands, especially Bikini Kill and definitely La Tigre as well, uh, from like the 90s all the way through now. We used to, my wife and I used to DJ, and we used to DJ Latigre all the time. So nice. She That's is cool. she is pretty damn current, but um, yeah, it kind of follows her her whole career as sort of the beginning of the Riot Girl movement and and uh, and what it was like being kind of a, a female fronted punk band in the '90s, which was kind of unheard of at the moment. So awesome. My, my confession that I was going to tell you guys is that when I was about seventeen, I was in a band. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never played out, but we mainly played Bikini Kill cover songs. Did oh, you really? Cool. And we were called the Squirts. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> um, we were really terrible, but what we learned is that Bikini Kill songs were very easy when you don't really know how to play music very well. Yeah. So we we learned a whole bunch of Bikini Kill songs. And- they talked about the the kind of the the beginning of Bikini Kill and how it happened, and and uh, uh, I think it was. I think it was the bassist, Kathy, um, pretty much went to the drummer and Kathleen was like, hey, let's start a band. And then they found this, they were like trying to find a guitarist and they ended up finding this guy named Billy and they had him all join and like really kind of barely knew how to play their music, their instruments, just kind of started playing with each other. Like it was like the true kind of notion of what punk rock is. And, um, and but I mean good lord that even their first song it, they're they're like a force when you hear them like their their music is just so kind of in your face like rebel girl you know is yeah, yeah. loud and they just, were good like, they're really good yeah but it's still musical you know like they definitely all had a really great sense of like songwriting and, and music it's not this like crazy just noise you know there's there's a lot mm-hmm. more to it yeah it, it's a shame that a lot of people i feel like a lot of people didn't give them the respect that they really deserve because they were so entrenched in the the feminist scene and a lot of people dismiss them just as like a feminist band kind of way. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas their music, no matter what their political agenda was, was really just good punk rock music. It was. And, and and there's a lot of contradiction in them too. Not contradiction. That's, that's the wrong word. There's a lot of kind of uh, mixed ideals going on inside of them because Kathleen Hanna kind of talks about it that, that, you know, 
her view of what a feminist is or was or should be, you know, really had nothing more than than them being like them being pro woman. You know what I mean? Like it didn't matter that she because Kathleen Hanna is an attractive woman. She's she's rather attractive and has kind of like a valley girl accent. And, you know, I think coming from like the kind of chauvinist male world, if you just heard her talk or saw her, you'd probably write her off like super fast. You know what I mean? Not that, that I'm not saying that that's right. I'm saying that that's that's probably what had happened to her in her life trying to be this pro-feminist person. But mm-hmm. when you hear her talk and you hear her ideals and what she's talking about, she's just so brilliant. And, and the way she puts stuff is so amazing. And like, that's kind of what she took. She took that intelligence and put it in a band like Bikini Kill. And then it like Bikini Kill kind of made it like in your face. Like you couldn't ignore her. You know what I mean? She was, she mm-hmm. was there screaming at you whether you were going to listen to it or not. And it really, it really was kind of amazing just to see that transition from, from this idea of just being punk to being feminist punk to what that meant to other women to what that meant to punk rock and music in general because um, there wasn't a lot of that out there. And they talked about how they used to – she used to do the girls in front thing. I don't know if you ever made it to a Bikini Kill show, Asher. I never saw Bikini Kill. They, they would do this girls in front thing where basically they would push – all the guys to the back and tell all the girls to come up front and she would I just sit there before shows. Also. Yeah. She would just be like girls up front, girls up front and get all the girls up front and cr- try to create this kind of idea of a, of a safe place for a, for a punk show, you know, cause girls there. And I hated this too about punk shows, but it was always turned into this mosh pit thing where it's usually just a bunch of bro dudes trying to you know, knock the crap out of each other in, in one oh, way yeah. or the other. For sure, and I hated it because it was like uncomfortable to watch shows. It was never felt safe. You felt like you're going to get clocked in the head at some point for no reason whatsoever. And you know, for for a lot of the women that wanted to go, I guess it felt like that plus more. And and it's just really interesting to see this story. Um, follows her whole career, so it goes all the way up through the Tigre. She's actually married to Adam Horowitz from the uh, Beastie, Beastie Boys. Boys. Yeah. Which is weird because they've actually been dating. They were started dating in like the mid '90s or like late '90s. <laughs> That's awesome. Which is a super long time, like a lot long. I knew she was married to him. I didn't know she'd been seeing him for like, you know, going on 20 years at this point, which is kind of crazy. Uh, and she talks about the contradiction of dating a Beastie Boy and being, you know, such a feminist kind of icon. Um, and and that she was really worried when people found out that she was dating him that that they'd be like well why you know how do you reconcile dating him and be a feminist at the same time this is the guy who wrote girls 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 you know stuff like that mm. and uh, she just talks about like well you know you fall in love with who you fall in love with and that's just kind of how it happens like if if you know what am, what am I supposed to do about it you know mm, that's and, cool and it's 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 really interesting so um it is on vod right now i think you can get it on like amazon or google or itunes i think i re- I rented it for like six bucks uh but if you like punk rock and if you like music in general and you like you are a fan of la tigre or bikini kill or honestly sonic youth joan jet like the list of people that show up in this movie to talk about kathleen anna is is pretty amazing and uh if you're if you're into that kind of stuff i would say go check it out cool uh check the- it out the last thing that we're going to do before we get out of here is we're going to talk about the NAFL, which is uh, our Nerd Appropriate Fantasy Football League, and we are now in the first week of the playoffs. Um, top four you know teams what, advance. What's that? You know what, Scott? Who cares? Honestly. Who cares? Who cares? People that actually made it into the playoffs care. That's what I'm saying. 
whatever. <laughs> and I can I can talk shit because uh, when we're recording this, I can already tell I'm probably not going to make it to the next round. But uh, <laughs> the top four teams advance, which are Rex's Warriors, Serious Business, uh, the fifth team, which is Nate Hales, and my Stanley Spadowski's Clubhouse. So uh, I'm facing off against Rex's Warriors this week. I'm most likely going to lose our buddy Ryan is facing off against Nate Hales, the fifth team. Nate is most likely going to lose, which means that your championship battle will most likely be between Rex's Warriors and Serious Business, leaving uh, Nate and I to slug it out for third place. So uh, oh, man. I'll take it. Third place, any place, I'll whatever. I'm going to win. I Let's did go. so terrible this year in all three leagues. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, you finished, uh, looks like you finished last in this league. Finished last in this league, second to last in another league. And then my league, I did okay. I was like in seventh, but brutal, brutal, brutal season year. for you. Yeah. Brutal. So anyways, um, I uh, just want to reiterate as this uh, nerd appropriate fantasy football league draws to a close this year, that kind of the reason that we're doing this is to sort of promote other ways that we can express our nerdiness and, uh, uh, fantasy football being something based heavily on statistics and numbers and even a little bit of uh, random chance um, is super nerdy and has like sort of an RPG element to it as well. Yeah. Um, and if this sounds like it's interesting to you, if if you've always been curious about fantasy football and, and uh, never really had anyone to play with or you just wanted to kind of learn in a sort of a supportive environment, um, let us know because we would like to do this um, next year. And have more teams and include more people and uh, just have a good time. Yeah, if so, we could get to the 10, 12 team nexus, somewhere in there. Yeah, we have eight teams right now. It's a little low. Yeah, that's low. Uh, 16 is kind of high. That's more of sort of like a yeah. like an expert league because it's different strategy is involved. But somewhere between... 10 and uh, 12. Because yeah. the thing with eight is like everybody's a superstar. You know, like like the guy who's winning, Ryan, serious business, made the joke that like, oh, do we all get Aaron Rodgers kind of thing. Um, so that's like, that's the thing with eight. But then when you get to the 10 or 12, there's a little, there's enough strategy to keep it interesting. You got to kind of watch your team and know, know what you're doing. So. Yeah, what you what you do on waivers matters more. And uh, the talent is is evenly distributed across, across the team. So it's... Correct. Correct. So... Uh, that's your nerd appropriate fantasy football update. Uh, we'll be talking about most likely the championship round next week and announce the final standings the week after that. Uh, get us out of here, Ash. Yeah, I think that's All it. Right. Take us home. This has been episode 133 of the rated NA podcast for the website, nerdappropriate.com. You guys can find us on Twitter at nerdappropriate. Email us directly. That is Matt, Scott, Ash, and Hillary with one L at nerdappropriate.com. You can go to our Facebook slash Nerd Appropriate, and uh, we're all over the place. So just look for us. Also, big thanks to Audible, and big thanks, of course, to Jimmy Hinson for our theme song. We haven't thanked him in a while, so definitely look him up. Big giant circles all over the yeah, place. Just completed a, and, a successful um, Kickstarter. Oh yeah, did we say big thanks to Amy Acker too Amy for Acker. coming on our show? Yeah, thanks, Amy Acker. Yeah, thank you, thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, yeah. see you guys next week. See ya.
You have a confession. <laughs> We're going to go to that? All right, fine. Let me do it one more time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the real one, Scott. Mark this as the real one. Okay. I marked it twice. <laughs> God damn it. Mark it. Mark. 